On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Elio Quest. He has got a hot new single out. It is called Go To. It's from the upcoming album, Harlem, California. Great title. I want to talk about that and much, much more. So welcome to the show, Elio. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Now, you're from the West Coast. You're living on the East Coast. You're putting out an album called Harlem, California. It sounds like you're, you're combining your, your two, uh, your West Coast and East Coast kind of sides in this. Absolutely, absolutely. So the title stems from pretty much having inspiration from both coasts. For example, I, uh, I grew up in Los Angeles area and stuff like that. Um, I was born and raised over out that way. And then uh, about 2010, about 12 years ago, I moved out to Harlem, which is uh, where a lot of my family is from. They're also from the Bronx and stuff like that. So I'm well-rooted in New York City as well. So luckily I've had, you know, the opportunity to be able to, you know, travel coast to coast pretty much my entire life. So um, I rooted out here back then. But before that, I had, um, you know, written just a bunch of songs and, you know, just kind of put them on, on the side and stuff like that. And one day it was actually during quarantine, um, I was up in uh, Goshen, New York, with uh, a bunch of my cousins, and we kind of just camped out up there. And uh, I had let them hear some songs, and they were like, you know, what, what the heck, what, what are you doing? Like, you should really put this out. So um, they, fortunately, my cousin is also a music producer, so he had pretty much a studio set up um, already. So um, I had written a couple more songs, and uh, there, you know, there's pretty much the title there. You know, half the, half the album was written in uh, – Los Angeles and the other half in uh, in Harlem and in New York. Very good. Well, I was listening to not only Go To but some of your previous songs, and you know, on the current one, it's almost like this '80s fun power pop kind of almost like you know the Huey Lewis and the News of the '80s. It reminded me of a little bit, but on some other of your songs, it's like almost like this smooth R&B groove. So I was trying to get a handle mm-hmm. on you. You kind of combine all this so well, and it has, you know, such this smooth delivery. You know, how would you describe your style? You know, people ask me that all the time, and I, 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 can, I, I don't know how to really answer that question. And that's because I've just – I grew okay, I grew up in church, so I got the whole gospel. You know, I'm talking Pentecostal, you know, dancing, all that type of stuff, um, you know, church choir, all that type of stuff. So I grew up playing drums in church. So I, that's – pretty much, you know, my, my favorite genre of music, to be really honest with you, as far as, you know, musically. So um, I came from that, and then my favorite band is The Roots from Philadelphia, the hip-hop band, you know, and that's been okay. since 1998. No one has taken that spot at all. And then you got my number two favorite artist of all time is Steely Dan. So, so you know, <laughs> I'm just all over the place. And so, um, you know, my favorite songwriter is, Stevie Wonder. My favorite female vocalist is, you know, Whitney Houston. My favorite female songwriter is Carole King. So I'm all over the place. I'm inspired by all of these people. And um, I think that all (laughs) kind of comes out in my music. And I just don't know how, I mean, what would you say? I I don't know where to categorize categorize it at. Well, you know, some of it's very soulful. And I think I appreciated, you know, some of those songs the most. You up there at the mic. You know, your band playing in the background, but you very emotional. And I think, I think that's when I, I sense some of the gospel roots. Gotcha. 
Yeah, just like gospel pop. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding. Gospel pop, <laughs> but but I think the but the songwriting too. You know, all this seems to inform that, and it seems like especially now, you know, with the new album, like you had a lot to say with this whole album. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, well, here's the other thing about your past is. You know, you had this great gospel background, but then, you know, you played drums in a band and then slowly said, oh, I'm going to try some background vocals and, you know, kind of work your way that way. And it's just so interesting that you went from drums, kind of, you know, tested the waters, doing some, some backup singing, and now you're just full throttle out there. Was that was that mm-hmm. tough? You know, at what point did you say, you know what, I, I don't want to stay in the background anymore? You know, I want to go front and center. There was a moment I was on tour with a band called Dirty Blonde, D-I-R-T-I-E Blonde, and we were actually signed to Jive Records, Jive Zamba, and this was, gosh, years ago, probably almost 20 years ago. And um, uh, there was a a time we were rehearsing for this big tour. We were out to support uh, Nick Lachey at that time. And so we were, you know, hyping up for this big national tour, and it was going to be awesome. And... You know, I was just fiddling around with some vocals, you know, during rehearsal, and the lead singer, um, Amy, she was like, you know, you can you can sing. Like, have you ever tried singing or have you ever tried anything? I was like, no, never. But, you know, I grew up, my parents both sang, and my dad was a doo-wop singer and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I knew tunes, stuff like that. And, and so she's like, what do you think about, you know, singing backup on the drums? And I said, I, I can try it. So uh, we tried it, and it worked. And um, therefore, I was like, "Wait, you know what I mean? Let, let me just let me just see if I could write a song and, and get this thing going." So that's kind of where it all stemmed from, pretty much. And um, started writing a song. And actually, to be very honest with you, the vibes song that you're referring to, the R&B song, was written a very, very, very long time ago, probably around that time. And um, I just chose to release it now with with this stuff. So that's a very, very that that song was written, gosh, years ago. And that's specifically the song "Vibes." Vibes, yeah. We just had, yeah. Um, we put that out on on YouTube and on the our, I think there, the New Year's show. That, okay, yeah. There's that which is on your your SoundCloud, so people can definitely listen to that. But you also have one. Um, there's like a live unplugged version you have online called "Transparent." Yes, and that's a total teaser. <laughs> People have been going crazy. They, all my cousins and my friends and everybody, they're like, when are you going to put that out? And I just, uh, I was in Vegas last weekend, and uh, sorry for my vocals, too. I was uh, in Vegas, and then I went to Aruba, and I just got back from Aruba for the week, and it was the most awesome time of my life. So I, my vocals are a little hoarse right now, forgive me. But, um, yeah, uh, they've been begging me for that, but that's – um. That's a song that was written in New York City, um, obviously about a breakup, and uh, I, I wrote it leaving the city, um, just kind of uncertain and not knowing exactly where the relationship was going to end up, and I was taking a flight to California, and I wrote it on the plane, and uh, it worked, and I put it out, and um, so that's kind of a teaser, but the, the real version is going to be coming out shortly. We have uh, a song called City coming out, probably... Uh, around April 1st, I'm going to release that, and then after that will be the original version of, of Transparent. So, 
Because it seems like there's going to be a real range in the album. You know, you've got these very heartfelt, you know, vocals, you know, more bordering on, you know, ballads and just, you know, this really emotional songs. But then you've got fun, you know, almost danceable songs like Go To. <laughs> how did you craft this? Like, you know, how did you pick, you know, the variety of songs that you decided to record? Um, I... I Literally, we sat down. I sat down with uh, my producer out in California, and you know, we had this big kind of—I don't want to call it a vault because it's not—it's not that many songs, but it was—it was probably about thirty or forty songs, I'd say. And we just kind of pick and chose which ones. And and I, my whole entire thing was I don't want any song to sound the same. But then again, I know how to build a record, and I know there needs to be obviously some type of dynamic within that record. So, you know, you do have, you know, the transparent unplug that brings it down. You have the go-to that's up, you know what I mean? And then you also have, you know, um, the song City that's coming out in April where, you know, I, I do, you know, a little bit of kind of kind of rapping and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, my whole goal was to just not have any song sound the same. And uh, I think we accomplished that for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of rap... I just have to go back to, you know, the Dirty Blonde era because, you know, you said you guys were on Jive Records, which became Jive mm-hmm. Zomba. But I, I just have such a sweet spot for Jive Records. It brings me back to the 80s. Do you remember, uh, I think one of their breakout groups, Houdini, do you remember them? Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. I mean, isn't it just cool to think that you know, when you think of this legacy, you're on the same label that, you know, had Houdini. And actually, I don't know if they were the main records, but they actually distributed some other artists that may have gone on to other labels. But I think A Flock of Seagulls was on Jive uh-huh. and a couple other, you know, breakouts cool. in the 80s. Like, what's that like when you get signed yeah. and you think, wow, we're on Jive Records? On Jive Records. It, it was the most craziest experience of all time. They put us out for three years. We were on tour for three years, nonstop. I mean, we were on Jive Records when, you know, Justin Timberlake was coming out with Justified, and you had, you know, Tool, who came out with that new record. Um, you had just all these – you had Chris Brown. You had T-Pain, who was also on Jive. Like, all these humongous artists that we were actual, you know, label mates with and invited to the same party. So, you know, thinking back, I mean, that was so, so long ago. But um, mm-hmm. it was it was the, it 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 made me a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you you know you went with the opportunity, and one thing when you're with a, a big label, they can really connect you with other people to tour with, and you get all those other exposures that you wouldn't get on your own. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. It was time of my life. I had a blast. So now we get so to do it you, with my stuff. Now, now, so opening, you know, for people like Nick Lachey, and you actually um, were open for some other really big acts. Like I know I was reading like Rihanna and NXS. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that, that's yep. pretty cool. What, what's your memory of uh, NXS? What brought you guys together? NXS was on – they were just finishing up the uh, – the uh, what was it? The reality show, how to who wants to be a rock star, and NXS mm-hmm. obviously Michael Hutchinson passed away a long time ago. They wanted to bring this new record to light that they were doing, 
and it was called Kicks. It was the Kick Tour. So I don't know what, what I, I forgot what the name of the tour was, but um, so JB Fortune won the contest, and um, you know they promised him a record deal and, and all of this and all of that. Um, and so being on Jive, and our manager was Jared Paul, who is like damn near the protege of Irving Azoff. He um, he was really really good to us. He got us a, so many good gigs, and um, so I believe it was right after Nick Lachey or right before. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure, but um, we supported them on their tour, and I believe that was for about six weeks, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I became pretty pretty close with JD actually on the tour, and. And he showed me a lot of things and and, and stuff like that. So um, that was really, really fun because it was just us and them. And we were playing really cool clubs, um, a lot of, like, you know, House of Blues and stuff like that. So nothing too crazy. It wasn't like any arena tour or nothing like that, but really big clubs. And um, that was definitely an experience for sure because at first I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, in excess. I was like, wait, and my whole band was like, what? And I'm young at this time, and I'm like, wait, I, I think I know. And they were like, once they play a song, you're going to know it. And that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, these guys, oh, my God. Well, you know, it was such a dumb moment. So um, it was really, <laughs> really fun, really fun. And Andrew, Andrew Ferris, he's a funny guy, man. That guy's, that guy's awesome. That guy's inspirational, man. He wrote a lot of that stuff, and just to be able to sit in the same presence as him and, and even talk to him, his brother, you know, his brother as well, you know, Tim and, and um, I forgot the drummer's name, but uh, man, good guys, good, good guys. And Kirk up there on the sax and man, that was, that was a phenomenal tour. I had a lot of fun on that tour. Well, so interesting. Nick Lachey, this must've been, he must've gone solo right after 98 degrees, but to get, you know, that little part of, you know, that whole boy band phenomenon, you know, at least the 90s version of it. But one thing I loved about uh, 98 Degrees, out of all the boy bands, you know, they were bringing, you know, some real Latin influence to their music. I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. you know, with with an album like Harlem, California, you know, I, I just go right to Spanish Harlem and then thinking, wow, you know, do you incorporate that? You know, I think, I think we need another injection of, of some good, you know, Latin beats in pop music. Absolutely, 100%. And um, I was talking with uh, one of my A&Rs from way back, uh, Bruce Sterling, and he said the same thing a couple weeks ago. He's like, you know, he's like, because he's obviously seen me, he's known me forever, but, you know, he knows that I have a tattoo of the Puerto Rican flag on my right arm. So he's like, you know, you're Puerto Rican, you know, you have tons of family that speak Spanish, you know, you got to write a song. So I did, and, um, you know, if I got to say I'm putting out a Spanish song, then I got to say it here first. <laughs> but, yeah, I do have a Spanish <laughs> song. And it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just picture being on a CD in Miami. It's going to be awesome. It's, uh, it's, uh, I think it's a really good pop hit, and I think it's going to do really, really well once I release it, for sure. Well, when you think of bridging, yes, I agree you know. With everything you're saying. There's a market <laughs> for that. There's definitely a market for that, for sure. Well, I'd love to, to hear that, and – and I think the whole thing of, you know, using this album to bring West Coast and East Coast together, you know, there's such vibrant, you know, Latin communities in New York and California. You know, what's the, the part that, that you would like to really tap into musically where it just seems like every decade, 
you know, there's a new form of, you know, Latin that crosses over to pop. You know, we have, um, I mean, there's too many, but I, I think the one that comes to mind, you know, when Ricky Martin in the uh, late, God, was it late 90s kind of broke through, and then we had, you know, J-Lo, and, but that's nothing new. Mm -hmm. But I'm just wondering nowadays what's the equivalent or what's the fresh Latin sound that you're really liking? Um, I mean, to be really honest with you, like a lot of my cousins are uh, are playing it too, but, uh, you know, another fellow Venice guy is uh, just Bad Bunny. You know, that whole, that whole, his whole style, his whole movement is just crazy. Like people go yeah. absolutely nuts for that guy. You know what I mean? So just his whole style and his movement, um, I'm really inspired by 100%. He's, he's, uh, he, he's a, he's a, He's definitely a um, talented, talented dude. Yep, yep. Well, let's talk about Go To, which, again, is such a, a clever title, Go To. It makes me think of, like, I'm expecting to say something else, you know, like the Go To, this is my Go To song, you know. So how, how did you, uh -huh. you know, come up with, with that, and just what was the inspiration to all these lyrics? So Go To... Um... Go to is basically about uh, a woman that a woman that pretty much uh, needs you for a specific reason, and uh, and then she's she's out, mm -hmm. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> she needs that go to, and then she's out. And go to is just kind of like a you know play on words for uh, a specific moment, if you will. So that's, that's where that says fun. No, 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 this yeah. doesn't like border border into like booty call territory, does it? Thank you. Exactly. There it is. <laughs> that's the term I was looking for. <laughs> oh no. Exactly. What 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 will what will the people at the church think of you now? <laughs> oh, if they only knew. <laughs> to what they go through. <laughs> well, what's also cool is remember early on I was saying for some reason it reminded me of that fun pop rock of the 80s which I think Huey Lewis was so good at kind of the tail end of like the new wave and just became this fun power pop of the 80s absolutely mm -hmm. I love it I love it you know just all of that even, even Phil Collins like one of my big huge you know drum inspirations he's even his stuff you know he can dance to it you know he gets you know emotional as well when he hops on the piano and all that type of stuff he's one you know very up there as far as inspiration for me i don't people are covering his songs now i just not only his but his stuff with genesis i just heard this woman who did a cover of invisible touch mm-hmm who thought so, so what you know everyone's like really looking back to the 80s now covering a lot of it like, like what's your favorite you know pop rock song of the 80s my goodness oh gosh <clears throat> uh I, um i oh man there's so many i can't even think of anything off the top right now um pop rock song of the 80s Of course, you probably weren't weren't even born, you know, for most of this. 
So you're you're off the. Well, I mean, I'm educated <laughs> on the '80s. I was born in '84, but I uh, I'm very educated on the '80s. But gosh, that's a toughie. Oh, '84. Mm. So that was the year of like a Van Halen. Go ahead, jump. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'd probably have to go with. I don't even want to say it's a pop rock song. When was Gary Newman Cars put out? That was in the 80s. Oh, very good. I think that was 79, but that was kind of brought us what? into the 80s. So that's a good that's a good okay. song, though. That makes me think of that's really kicked off the 80s was Gary Newman and Cars. Absolutely. The whole synthesizer. He, he I would say he pretty much uh, pioneered the whole synthesizer game. And how many hip-hop artists have sampled that song? Oh, gosh. Uh, probably too many. <laughs> uh, but I feel like, you know, a lot more Skilly Dan. A lot of yeah. artists Skilly Dan. Well, I think what was so cool in the 80s when at the peak of, you know, Michael Jackson and Thriller. Remember that song they took um, – Billy Jean and then Steely Dan's Do It Again, and they, like, mashed them up mm-hmm. into a song, and that was, like, a, a top ten hit song. Oh, yeah. So, so oh, is that yeah. cool yeah. when you can think you can – when their styles, you know, on paper, you think, wait, Steely Dan and Michael Jackson? And yet they merge together so perfectly. So perfectly. Who did that? Do you remember? You know, I think it was called, like, Slingshot, maybe. It was, like, I think some studio band, and they just had some studio name. And I don't even know if they did a follow-up song. For some reason, I want to think it was, like, called something like Slingshot. And, again, I'm – and I'm doing this by memory. I'm not Googling. <laughs> I should have my – uh my laptop out and looking this up, but I, I always try to do these things by memory when I'm talking. But uh, no, for, but for Steely Dan fans, you must like the solo Donald Fagan, like um, Hey Nineteen, and Not, yep, absolutely. going into his '80s stuff. Okay, we're going to talk about the album. Here's here, here's one one person I know you're going to like, the one contemporary person. This will show you how hip I am. Are you a Faruko fan? A what? I'm sorry, who? Faruko. Faruko. You know what? I've been hearing that name a lot more, but I'm I'm not too familiar. Okay. Well, watch a Faruko video, and it, it will it will uh, you'll have your finger on the pulse. This guy, boy, does he rack up a lot of views. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> okay, so got a couple more questions for you. We're going to go a little deeper into some of your music. Before we do, I want to make sure people know where to find you online, watch your videos, listen to your music, and especially where they can order your new album when it comes out. Absolutely. So basically, my website is www. Eliquest.com. That's E-L-I-O-Q-U-E-S-T.com. You can go there. I'm going to have a bunch of tour dates coming up. Um, we start. We play the Viper Room in Hollywood on uh, April 7th. We got some a, a bunch of dates in Colorado and Texas and stuff like that. So we're going to be on tour this entire summer. 
And uh, you can follow us on Instagram at E-L-I-O-Q-U-E-S-T. E-L-I-O-Q-U-E-S-T. And then as well as my album uh, will be out later this year. Harlem, California will be out later this year. I will be releasing a new single uh, come mid-April, beginning mid-April, called City. And that's obviously off Harlem, California. And uh, you can also see us on tour, come out and support. Our live show is amazing. Um, I hired a bunch of seasoned session musicians that are just off the off the hook. These guys are, are really badass mm-hmm. musicians, so I'm really honored and um, outclassed when it comes to musicianship. So I'm really appreciative to have them. And, um, yeah, that's about it. And uh, it will be available on all platforms. So whatever platform you belong to, you will be able to um, to get the record. So follow me, and uh, you'll know exactly when it comes out. And do you have a date when the album will be released? We don't. Not just yet, because uh, we are deciding if we're going to put uh, either two or three more songs on it. So that decision would be made this week, and so hopefully we will have a release date very, very soon. I apologize about that. Okay. No, no problem. So people just have to check back on your website at least once a week that's it that's it check back (laughs) with me and uh yeah i'm constantly just putting out little things here and there little teasers but we're going to really really hit the promotion hard uh really so our our campaign is coming together really good okay there's one thing that really intrigues me and I, i hope i get the timing right i think so between what you're doing now but after you were in dirty blonde there was a group called KM, which I'm very intrigued yeah. about. Well, what was that all about, and how long did you do that for? Okay, so KM was a group that I started uh, with my best friend, Todd, who is a genius Fender Rhodes keyboard player. And um, he, uh, I just grew up with him in high school, and we were just in different bands, and we rocked out to, you know, a bunch. We've played so many shows together. So we had, you know, this little crew that we called KM um, since high school, and it consisted of, you know, a bunch of other people and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it was just kind of our little, you know, you know, little guy, you know, our little clique or whatever you would say, you know, coming from high school and college and stuff like that. So it was a bunch of really cool musicians. And so I was, you know, the one that pretty much pushed the entire idea to make this an actual band. I mean, we might as well. So we did that, caused an absolute storm over in Long Beach and stuff like that. That's where we stemmed from. So, um, we had a really good run. It was awesome. And, um, you know, it was really, really cool. And, and we got to play a lot of really cool shows, really big shows. Um, and you know, that was, that was like my party days. That was my party, you know, my party records and stuff like that, that I was doing over with them. And so, you know, coming, coming out of that, I'd say, you know, a lot of people had kind of gone through, you know, personal things and stuff like that, obviously as bands do and life gets in the way and stuff like that. But even going back into writing another record for KM, I just felt like I was writing stuff that was a little more mature and a little more valuable as far as emotion and stuff like that. And it just wasn't consistently just as big, you know, burnt out party all the time and stuff like that. So um, I really wanted to take that into consideration and just, you know, it also helped me make the decision to really go <clears throat> solo and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I just had to really kind of move on. I had matured and I had to accept that. And so that's pretty much, pretty much where Elio Quest came from. Um, not pretty much. Mm-hmm. It is where Elio Quest came from. 
Because with KM, you played House of Blues in L.A. You you did uh, your own showcase at South by Southwest. I mean, that must have been, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the point, like you were saying, when you realized, hey, I could go solo. You know, th- this, is, this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's exactly what it was. And, you know, I – not to say I didn't I didn't push it as hard as I'm doing now, but you know KM uh, like I just didn't really have the business hold the business chokehold that I have on it now. It was a party thing. It was like you know I you know grew up playing drums professionally for this person and this person and this person, and you know I actually started a band. It was a whole vision and holy shoot, it's coming to life, and sorry, I'm in New York, there's honking everywhere, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, it was, you, you know, I can actually really, really, really do this, you know what I mean, I can, you know, from, from Amy saying that I can actually sing, to going to actually sing, and to writing songs, to starting a band in KM, and actually doing these things, it really came to life, and then, you know, writing songs and doing other things in, in, things in life and not necessarily ever leaving music because I, ne- I never do that, but, you know, just not taking it as serious as I should have until I pretty much got smacked upside my head by my cousins. And uh, here we are today. And uh, I've put a lot of time and effort into building the package and, you know, getting all my ducks in a row. And um, I really want people to hear this record. So, uh, well, that's where we are. That's where you are. You know, mm-hmm. I want to wrap up, and you know, people never talk about this. It's, it's usually like like the women in 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 showbiz. You know, they they kind of sign them to a label, make them over. You know, they go glam. Or if the guys, it's just like oh, okay, show up. However you look, that's cool. You know, you don't see these major overhauls. But it seems like with this one, I, I was looking at your, you know, your different photos and you know promo stuff. You know at the drum set early on and now moving on. And it seems like, you know, as you progress, you've gotten a little slicker. It's like you've got a, almost like a, like a Justin Timberlake makeover and you're looking pretty slick on your new uh, go-to artwork. I mean, what, what's been your fashion evolution during all this? Um, a lot of it actually just comes from, from my dad and the way he would dress, you know, back in, in his day and stuff like that and just trying to like just you know mature it up a little bit you know it's not a it's not an everyday thing i don't have a i wouldn't say i have a specific image you know because it's just what i would wear you know on a normal day and obviously when there's photo shoots and stuff like that it calls for a specific style and a specific look and you're trying to you know get a point across to promote the record i, I get all that but you know what i mean it, it's just my style is just kind of you know my, my own self i'm, I'm a very mm-hmm. simple person um, and uh, I love my family. I love my friends. I love hanging out, and I just I, I love making music. So it's you know it's not like you know Lady Gaga. I'm wearing these big you know extravagant flamboyant outfits and nothing like that. It's just it's an everyday you know everyday you know everyday look. You know it's it's just my my style. I'm comfortable with it, and you know, I, I like it. So sometimes I'll dress up. Sometimes I'll you know dress down. You know I was just in Aruba in an all white outfit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you know, this is me. Well, from the live performances I saw with you, you know, some of the recent ones, and one of them was at this great place. What was it? I think like D Piazza's or am I getting that right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, That's a really cool place to play in Long Beach. 
Cause it seems like you really have this kind of vibe, almost like a, a jazz club vibe. And it seems like in your fan base, you're kind of maybe moving into almost like this romantic crooner. Do you kind of find yourself now going into saying, hey, you know what, I, I've got this kind of, um, I don't know, like the, this romantic fan base now. And, you know, you're getting out there more as this, you know, mature um, you know, singer of ballads and, you know, do, do you feel a progression there and you're kind of putting yourself out there and thinking, hey, this is kind of a cool niche right now. You know, I don't have to, you know, com- compete with, you know, the 19-year-old, you know, guys just coming up, but you're kind of, you know, going into this groove and, you know, maybe this is where you're meant to be. Absolutely. And and I could definitely agree with that. And I, I hear what you're saying completely. And, um, yeah, going back to, you know, writing songs, you know, even, even just from writing songs to where I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to step away from this whole, not lifestyle, just, you know, just get older, you know, and, and that was really fun time. And I take nothing away from that. But, you know, moving into a, just the solo thing and, and doing all this, you know, I really, I really did find, you know, my little niche or niche or whatever you say, you know, however you say that word, I don't know. But um, you know, I feel like I really did kind of settle in and, and just find my um, my my groove, you know, and my and my pattern, and uh, I've been building on that. So even going from the songs I wrote a while ago to the songs I've written now, I've, like I wrote a Spanish song, like never in my life I thought I would write a Spanish song, you know, on a release. It. So, um, you know, just the progression that has been made has been um, really elite, I'd say, and um, I'm really proud about that. I put a lot of work into it. So and just pushing myself to become the best mm-hmm. musician I can be every single day, getting better on the guitar, getting better on the keys, and just even coming up with different arrangements for my set, you know, and different progressions and stuff like that, and medleys and transitions and stuff like that. It's all so important. I take a lot of pride in my live show. It's very um, energetic at times, and then it gets really low, you know. And luckily I've had the experience to be on tour for so many years and played with so many bands to understand that, you know, you got to take them on, on a trip. You know, you get, it can't all just be a hundred. It can't just all be zero. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be a trip. There's got to be emotions. There's got to be ups and downs. So um, I get all that. I'm very experienced with that, and, and uh, I take a lot of pride in that. So. Well, you're in this for the long term. So do you think now with this record, you're establishing, you know, how you could be performing for the next 20 years and the venues you want to go to and the audience. I mean, where do you see yourself now? Now that you're kind of planting yourself out there with the Harlem, California album, you know, what what are you saying to the public? What are you saying, you know, where you want to take your career from this point? Pretty much from this point is just to reach the people. I think I have a lot of great songs and great songs touch people. And I think that once they hear the music, they're going to, um, they're going to feel it. They're going to grasp it. And, um, and I think once they see me live, it's an even better experience in my opinion. So um, I just want to reach people. I want to, I want to promote this record. It's my first solo record. You know, I want people to really, really hear it and experience it. And, you know, there's a lot of emotion in there and a lot of people can really relate to a lot of the songs. And there's a lot of diversity as well. It's a big melting pot that's full of a bunch of inspiration and just, the, I would say, a bunch of different genres and stuff like that. So I would love to really, really just reach as many people as I can and uh, take it as far as I can. You know, I would say my biggest goal is Madison Square Garden. So, you know, once I get there, you know, I'll, I'll make another now that's a good goal, Madison Square Garden. I like that. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I'll get there. I'll be there soon. 
you'll get, well, once you put it out there, you'll make it happen. So favorite uh, song that Carol King has ever written? Oh, of course. Uh, uh, oh, fuck, what the, on tapestry. Gosh, why am I? Too late. It's too late, baby, darling. It's too late. That is my favorite. She also did the Eraser Fragrant, too. She did the, uh, I'm looking out. Oh, my. You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. She wrote that song. Yep. Oh, how yep. Two Two classics, yep. Mm-hmm. It's too late. What a good, so. didn't that have an amazing rhythm section? 100%. She is so R&B. Carol King is, is yeah. R&B. She writes R&B songs. She is. is what it is. You know? Uh-huh. Absolutely. You, you, you've got a friend. This woman could do anything. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to give you the final word here. So to people on the West Coast, they see you move away, you know, back to the East Coast, saying, uh-oh, we've lost Elio. What would you tell them? To all the people back home and all the musicians you've played with, um, what would you tell them about the importance of taking chances? You know, you could be comfortable staying where you're at, but sometimes you just need to make a break to do something bold. You know, what would you tell them and what would you tell them how this all contributed to your new album? I'll tell them to grab their balls and go <laughs> in every sense of the term. <laughs> grab them and go don't look back people are going to tell you this people are going to tell you that and they're placing their fears onto you trust me it's happened with family members it's happened with friends they're going to tell you this they're going to tell you that they're going to try to destroy your dreams they're going to try to tell you something that you you know you want to hear you know you're going to have yes men and you're going to have no men and the no men are the people that i keep around so you know, if you truly believe in yourself and you, you uh, number one, you got to understand if it's really for you, you know what I mean? And, and, and be, you know, conscious of it and not, you know, oblivious to the fact if you have talent and you believe in yourself, then, you know, people will believe in you and uh, make a plan, stick to the plan. You know, there's going to be bumps, there's going to be bruises and all of that. So make sure you always have fun. That's the biggest, that's, that's my biggest thing. Just always make it fun. Music is not a job at all. It's fun. So um, I would say just keep going, keep it moving. If you got a plan and you believe in yourself, then it's going to work. Whether it's tomorrow or next year, it's going to work. Just keep going. And next time you go back to visit California, what's the first place you want to go to hang out? In-N-Out Burger. (laughs) (laughs) Good choice. I like that. Okay, his name is Elio Quest. The upcoming album is Harlem, California. The new single is Go To. I encourage you to seek it out on YouTube. Check out Elio's website and put a little tickler to order Harlem, California when it comes out. I so appreciate you sharing this, Elio. And I I can picture you playing Madison Square Garden someday. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you for your time. And uh, I appreciate you having me. And uh, everybody go check that out. And, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. And you'll be there, too. <laughs>